Got Your Back Podstream is brought to you by Kinprint. For all your company's promotional needs, they do it all. Apparel, promotional products using the highest quality brands. They do logo design, signage, and printing. Kinprint will promote your brand with excellence. Visit kinprint.ca. How we doing, everybody? Welcome to Got Your Back Live, post-game streaming edition. Oilers make it an even dozen on the win streak. Another comeback, another night, and another win. Jason Strudwick and Rob Brown are joining us tonight to talk about this game. And as always, the podcast is brought to you by our amazing title sponsor, Sherwood Buick GMC. They're thrilled to announce that thanks to your unwavering support, they're proudly Maintaining their position as the number one volume GMC dealer in Canada. That's six consecutive years. Thanks to your loyalty, it's driven their crew to new heights. And they want to express their appreciation for you being the driving force behind that success. It's a great dealership. Visit Phil and the crew in Sherwood Park or online at www.gmcpod.com. I drive the Sierra 1500. One hell of a nice truck. Coming to you from our long shot studio here in Sherwood Park. All game days are all day happy hour specials. $5 long shots lager. Go play some golf. Have a few long shots loggers. Watch a game. It's a great spot to be. Uh, that is long shots locations in uh, on Stony Plain Road and here in Sherwood Park. Strud's joining us uh, wearing his uh, fashionable tee. Uh, from the home front, and Rob Brown sitting in a freezing cold car. Brownie, are you okay, bud? You're complaining off air about how it chilly is, you are. You okay, buds? Seriously, it is, it is so cold in my car right now. I actually had a Sprite on the way to the game today. I was there late. It's frozen. Like, my friggin' pop is frozen. It's so cold right now. I got my mittens on. I got my toque on. Can't turn my heat up too high, high because it's too loud. It's. Uh, I hope you two are comfortable. Were they out of seven up? Why did you go with Sprite? Like, it, how old are you, man? <laughs> you know what? Strides, I don't know. You can't see what I'm doing right now, but it involves two fingers. <laughs> you don't want to stain your what? dentures or what? Just, just a second. <laughs> what? It involves what? <laughs> Wait a second. What did he just say? I'm not going to tell you what I'm doing, but it involves two fingers? Yeah, it's giving me the bird. Yes. He's upset. He knows I hit you, home. I hit home with one. Do you throw the bird with the thumb up, too? But he's using both um, hands, Dingle Nut. No, no, both hands. Still, no, like, put your hands fingers, on the wheel, like, man. You're driving. No, I'm, dri- I'm driving with my knees right now so they can give Strides the finger with both hands. <laughs> All right. He's got his seven up between his thighs trying to make it melt. (laughs) (laughs) That's a pretty good idea. I hadn't thought of that. That's actually a pretty good idea. This podcast is off to a strange (laughs) and awkward start. But we want to take advantage while we've got your brownie. So we're going to get to the breakdown right away. Because another game, boy, another comeback for the Oilers. You guys know that's eight of the dozen games here on this winning streak where they've had to come back in games. That's really something. Let's get to the breakdown brought to you by Adrenaline Diesel. Edmonton's heavy-duty diesel truck repair shop specializing in heavy-duty commercial truck and trailer repair performance, tuning, and parts sales. Seven bays they have in their great facility. They got a vast dealer network. They're highly reviewed customer support team and professional diesel mechanics ready to assist you with all of your needs. Check them out online. Adrenaline diesel. 
Ca. Before we get going, I have to say, Zuby, you did a nice job decorating up the logo on uh, Pride Night uh, tonight. I got your back logo looks sharp with a little rainbow coloring in there. And guys, I'm not sure what all they showed on the broadcast, but I will start tonight with a, a tip of the cap to the Oiler organization, to the players that took parts. I thought it was uh, pretty cool to see everybody taking parts, Struds. That is, I mean, it's everyone can uh, you know show their support, and uh, many players did. I thought it was great. I, I think it's a good night uh, for for the orders and uh, everyone involved. Yeah, Brownie, I, I heard you talking about it on the radio too, Brownie. You you you, you like a night like tonight, hey, bud? One hundred percent. I think it should be all inclusive. I think everyone should feel comfortable coming to the rink, whether it's to be in the stands, to be on the ice. Uh, I think. The, the world needs a little bit more love in it, so love each other. Uh, we had Dr. Chris Wells on our show tonight. He's one of the co-founders of Pride Tape. I got to chat with him. He's a friend of my wife. I grew up with my brother, and I got a nice roll of Pride Tape. That I'm going to throw on my stick, and I'll have it on. When I'm with Struds next week on the ice, I will have Pride Tape <laughs> on my stick. I'm an ally yes, of the Pride community. It'll just be this flash of rainbow color as he blows around you, Struddy. Uh, neither of us are moving very fast. There's no one's flying by anybody. <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll get to breaking the game down here quick. But Zuby, can you roll in that shot we have though? One of the coolest looks of the night I thought was when the Oilers were coming out on the ice. Don't know if you guys saw that. How cool is that? That's a fantastic look. And this, uh, courtesy our friends over at uh, Oilers TV, letting us use that. But love what they did in the hallway there. And then you see the pride tape on the sticks and such. So. Good, solid night tonight. Okay, guys, let's get to talking about some hockey. And, you know, again, Struds, the orders come out, and they're not bringing the right stuff early in the game again. And Seattle, a team that is tired, that is road-weary, it is missing two of its best players, if not their two best players, manages to get the jump on them. So what did you see early? How concerned are you about this early game trend that's happening? Well, let's talk about Seattle first. They, they've, they've been on a six-game road trip, and they were out east, then they're like, oh, by the way, on the way home, you're going to play the Oilers, one of the hottest teams in the league, and then go home. So give credit to uh, Seattle, a little bit undermanned. They came out and played really well. I thought they had a good game. They they could have won this game. On the flip side, the Oilers, um, I, I they, they weren't playing badly, but they got beat on some bad choices early on, and mm. it could have cost them with those early goals again. So, you know, you can't say, well, the whole team was sluggish or everyone was playing bad or Skinner or whatever. It was just a couple choices where they got beat in transition. And we've seen that before. The first, what guys, 10, 15 games of the year, we've seen those. And we saw it last game as well. So, you know, last game against Leaf, they gave us some breakaways. They gave us three breakaways tonight in the first period. Brownie, it's just, it's. They, I think they have to make sure that they seal that up because everything else is looking pretty good. But you can't give those kind of chances night in, night out to teams. You're right, and the word I used was sloppy. I thought they, they were a little sloppy to start the game, getting caught, watching the puck, Bouchard watching the puck when Ekholm had already got in, guy gets in behind them, uh, turning the puck over in their own zone. I know that Craig McTavish, a few years back, he made a comment that when a team is on a losing streak, the very end of the losing streak, they're playing good enough to win, but the wins aren't there yet. And vice versa, a team on a long winning streak Sometimes a couple of the wins at the very end, uh, they're not at their best. They still find a way to win, but some some uh, bad habits creep into their game. And I think we've seen that the last two games. Chris Doblock talked about it against Toronto, that they controlled most parts of the game, but they had some things in the game they didn't like. 
some of their choices, some of their decision-making. And I think we saw that again tonight. The Oilers are playing well enough to win, but there are some things creeping into their game. The odd man breaks, the odd man rushes against that the Oilers certainly want to take care of because that's what haunted them early in the season. Yeah, for sure. And, and I mean, what, they gave up three breakaways in the first period? Was it three breakaways in the first period? Yeah, like, that was. was, I mean, for a team that's been playing, doing a pretty good job playing fairly tight lately, uh, definitely that got a little bit loose. Not sure. I don't know, Strudge, what did you see there with Bouchard? How do you, how, how do they get so far behind him there? Well, I think, I think, uh, Eli Tovlin was coming off the, off the uh, bench and that that's the last guy probably won on a breakaway. There was yeah. no doubt where he was yeah. going to, that he was going to shoot that. He's got a great shot, uh, known for that across the league. But, it, you know, Brownie touched on a little bit. When you see your partner as a D-man jumping in, you don't need to jump in as well, mm-hmm. right? You don't need two four, two D-men in there. Uh, you know, you, you need to, one guy needs to stay back, and you're kind of making sure you've got to count the jerseys in front of you. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, there's five other jerseys in front of me. I'm okay. When you look up and you see three or four, you know there's a problem, and you got to get back and and. You know, that's just a moment. And we've seen this from Bouchard. We see it from other players too. This is not coming down on him. But that's the moment, just especially when you're just, like Brownie says, you're doing okay, things are going right, but you need to recognize that as a D partner. You cannot jump ahead of your D partner and try to jump in when he's already in there, guys. Brownie, I want to ask you about the other end of the ice. Was it just me or was a lack of shooting an issue for them early that maybe could have given them some different fortunes in the early going. And I, I'd put that on a little bit, but it, it felt to me like they were getting a little too fancy and passing up some pretty good shooting opportunities. And that's part of the reason why they started in the hole they did. Well, I mean, a great example was the the one, the two-on-one Yanmark and Derek Ryan. I, I've never mm-hmm. seen Vinny Dayarnay yeah. skate that fast. I thought that <laughs> pass was going across to Ryan. I think in one-timer. And when he, it's funny, we talked on air, sitting in the press box, we see everything happen before it's going to happen because the play slowed down. Even in the press box, I didn't see Derek Ryan make that pass. I thought, here's what cross. It was a nice pass by Anmar. It was an opportunity that they passed up. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree. There's probably some chances that they could have just thrown on nets. They had a goalie that's playing well, continue to throw rubber at him, force him to keep making saves. And maybe he makes a mistake. We saw last game against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Whole game turned around on a what a grade C or a grade D scoring chance when Leon scored from a backhand from the side. Mm-hmm. So keep putting pucks on net. Good things can happen. So yeah, they probably passed up on some good chances. Let's get to the Weiss Johnson soundbox. Shred, did you want to comment on that one? Sorry, no, but good. I cut no, you we're off. good. Yep. No, no we're good. good. Okay. Let's get to the Weiss Johnson soundbox. Uh, check out their scratch and dent sale up to 20% off units with minor imperfections. And who cares, right? It's down in the furnace room. Uh, all air conditioner installs 25% off as well. The sale ends on February 15th. Visit www.weiss-johnson.com for details. Warren Fogel was fantastic post game. So I'm not sure what they showed on TV at home. So I don't know how much Oiler fans saw this. We were watching an internal feed, and when Warren Fogle got the penalty at the end of the game and the ref was announcing it, Fogle skated up to the ref to complain about the call, and the ref had already turned his mic on. And Fogle says to him, I'm trying to get the hat trick here. 
Like he's he's bitching at the ref because he's trying to get the hat trick. So I don't know how many people have even heard that sound, but we heard it clear as day where we were watching, and it was hysterical. So we dug in with Fogel a little bit on that post game. I was confused to be honest because I was I was kind of thinking like read read the game. Like the only reason I was out there was uh, to get the hat trick. Right, I'm not on the first unit, um, but I, I thought I got cross checked and slashed. But I. Uh, I guess Steve saw it a different way. And you think maybe he should factor that in? I, I know you're normally not out. Here. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of said that to him and then some other probably not right things. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was obviously fair. But, you know what, happy we got the win. And, um, you know, this group keeps battling back and um, super calm. And, and uh, you know, hopefully we can, we can uh, continue this. Great game from Warren Fogle. Boy, has he ever found his stride. Really cool. The Oilers had uh, their players were allowed to bring – uh, mentors in some it's family members brothers uh, uncle whoever you would consider kind of a mentor Warren Fogel had his brother Reese there and Reese was in the locker room when we were interviewing Warren the guy is a unit man <laughs> like I said to Fogel if only you had this guy's size uh, but really cool moment for Warren Fogel to end up with a two-goal game like that and and Brownie he just I recall saying about this player two seasons ago he had a hard time skating 30 feet with the puck without losing it or falling over his hands, his confidence with it were just at an all-time low. And you look at the way he's dangling around out there with his head up right now. What a turnaround skill-wise. It has been. It was something the Oilers desperately needed as well. Uh, Leon was not playing up to Leon's standards. The Oilers weren't getting production out of their third line. And they, they switched things up and put Fogel and McLeod with Leon. And uh, they had lightning in a bottle. And all of a sudden, Fogel's got this incredible confidence that he's not just benefiting from playing with Leon. He's creating himself. He's making plays. Uh, A couple times this year, he's split the D one-on-two. He's going in on breakaways early in the year. Every breakaway he had, and he had a lot of breakaways. Seemed like one a game. And he always tried the same move. Little backhand move never went in. Came down. That was a confident goal. That was a confident shot that he had. So it's great to see. And one of the funniest things that I saw, and I was laughing, he gets kicked out of the game for getting a little colorful with his language. And then they announce the stars about seven minutes later. And out comes Warren Fogle, full equipment on to get his star. I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> he knew it was good coming. Good for him. He deserves he it. Knew. 100% deserves it. So good on him. He has been outstanding. And, again, the Oilers are going to be looking for things, Struds, at the trade deadline. All of the players that are here right now in certain roles, all want to be part of what's going on here in Edmonton. Nobody wants to move. And a guy like Warren Fogle, with the way he's playing right now on the second line, now can give the GM here pause on what he has to do at the deadline because of the way that Fogle has stepped up his game. What I like about Fogle and what I would hate to play against him is that he's fast, but he's big. And now he's driving the net. And at the end of the game, I know he was trying to get a hat trick, but I think if I remember correctly, I had the puck behind the net. He kind of did a quick use of speech or kind of wrap it around and um, jam it in, or maybe it was on his forearm. But either way, he attacked the net. And I can tell you as a D, I, you know, I didn't love fast, but if it was small, I could handle it sometimes. And if it was big and slow, you're just dreaming. But, but it was both. It's a, it's a real problem. And I think even for Leon to play with a guy like that, that he knows he's charging. He is charging that. He's charging up the ice. It just puts D-men on their a little bit on their heels. Like they're not scared of him like they are McDavid, but they're going. He's he's just charging, and uh, you know, 
he, he makes a difference for his line mates when he drives like that because it pushes guys back and he takes up space when he does it. So he's getting rewarded. What does he got? Nine, nine, ten goals now? Nine. Hmm. Oh, sorry, you asked him about Fogel. Yeah, I think he's, he's got, yeah, nine, he's got nine, nine goals on the season strike. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he's heading towards 20. I'm sure he'd love to get 20. 20 when you go into UFA time sounds pretty oh, nice. Man, oh, man. What do you guys think of the, uh, yeah, the feisty nature in this game. And we'll get into the refereeing in the next segment a little bit because I know other fans are probably feeling frustrated with some of the calls or non-calls or ticky-tacky calls. We'll dig in a little bit on that. But what do you think of the rough stuff? You know, the way that, I mean, you had the the hit at the end that was there for sure. You had, you know, the dig in on Stuart Skinner. Oilers seem to be jumping in there, those struts, and handling their business, wouldn't you say? I do. I'll tell you, though, I love Yanni Gord. I've always it's liked so the way this good. guy plays. The Oilers could – you imagine if he was their third-line center? Oh, my God. He is annoying. His face is bleeding all over the place. He's going after the goal. He runs he, – no no problem with that call on uh, on Nyakom. Then he turns around and runs and stabs at the puck in the goal. He's been Skinner's pads. Turns around, McDavid's there. Gloves are off. Like, I just love how game he is. Like, how would you not want to have that guy as a teammate, Brownie? Uh, 100%. Now, it, it, uh, every player has had their eyeballs roll back in their head when they, they feel they're wronged and there's no call. And off the face, I haven't seen a replay of it, but off the face off, McDavid did something and Gord was furious. So he <laughs> was going to get his pound it? of flesh. And it, I think it was, yeah. His, yeah, so I didn't see it, but it, it, he, he was mad and he was going to get someone back. And eventually <laughs> it was that call. Five minute major all day long, 100%. They made the right call. Uh, I do love him as a player. But here's something, Strud and Shoggy, that I didn't know. And this is when I played, if one guy got a five and one guy got a two, the five went on the board, the two went on the board. Right. I've never seen and didn't know this rule <laughs> that if it's under five minutes, they just put three minutes up there. I had no idea that that was a rule in the NHL now. Hmm. I've never seen that either. I couldn't understand why it wasn't, you know, four on four or whatever for the first two minutes. I That really Makes kind of sense. surprised me. Yeah, I guess I I guess it does. I mean, if yeah. an event happens and one act is more egregious than the others, you need the opportunity for the team to go on the power play, don't you think? Like, but this, this is new, though. This is this is new, Shoggy. This was not in the NHL when I played, yeah. and it and it only happens in the last five minutes of a game. Because I I played one year where Chris Nyland at the end of a game when he's in Boston, he jumped me and ragdolled me all over the ice, and I think he got something like thirty-one minutes in penalties. And I got a two-minute minor, but they played four on four because there's only a minute and a half left in the game. So, so I've never seen this before. And all of a sudden, the ref announced it. This will be a three-minute power play. I'm like, yeah. huh, makes sense, 100% makes sense. Hmm. But I'd never seen that it put in play before. So well, it's kind of cool. So what's the reasoning? They they don't want guys going off at the end of the game, they don't, or like not going off, but like getting crazy. They and if they do, they want to punish Whoa. that punish that team. Well, if you look at it, those strides in this game tonight, if it would have gone the way it used to be, it would have been four-on-four four for two minutes. Seattle's down a goal, and they're playing four-on-four, four, so actually they're still in the game. But mm -hmm. a five-minute major actually came back and haunted them because instead of being four-on-four four for two minutes and having that chance to at least tie it, they're more now they're shorthanded for three straight minutes. So I, the NHL more or less is saying, okay, if you're going to do something stupid in the last five minutes of the game, we're going to make sure you have to pay a price for it. So I completely understand. I yeah. think it's a right call, but I just never, I'd never heard of it before. So it was kind of right. cool 
at uh, age 37 that I am that I've learned something new. <laughs> happy happy turtle, turtle Turtle says, just watched a replay of the Ekholm Gord scrum. McDavid was the first man in, got a good shot in on Gord. Credit to the captain. Yeah, McDavid was feisty tonight, and I think that's that's you know, it's good when you see that out of him. Like when the owners weren't playing very good when it was in the early going and it wasn't great, came out in that second. Like he's not trying to get his team back into games by cheating for offense. He's trying to get his team back in game struds by going all out with effort. Stops and starts in the defensive zone, grinding in the offensive zone, forechecking relentlessly, all kinds of speed. It's notable to me that he's digging in to the, the finer details of doing things the right way to get his team back into it rather than cheating for offense when they're down. And, and th this is calculated. We talked about this. He's he calculated. This is what he feels needs to be done to win. I think yeah. this guy would do anything to win. I really oh, yeah. do. I think there's nothing he wouldn't do for you know his own game or his team, the team's game to tell win. So he gets it. And let's just go back to last game. The game-winning goal, he's in the corner absolutely battling battling back and forth gets knocked down gets backed up gets knocked down he gets up and he goes flying in front of the net and ends up you know i don't think it was a screen but it was a partial screen let's just call it a distraction when mcleod walks around and shoots but that is that that is not a skilled play that is a will play brownie where he will them will that that outcome for his for to help out mcleod in there it's not wasn't making a great pass didn't dangle through 10 guys like we saw the back door to hyman tonight well, I, I think, Struds, when you got – it's Connor and then Leon and Nurse, it, the leadership group here. Like, Connor and Leon have won everything. They've won MVPs. They've scored 50 goals, uh, all-star teams. they got all of those things. What they don't have a stamp is a Stanley Cup ring. And when you are – and Connor is the greatest in the game, and you're looking around at all the other greats. Kucherov got a couple Stanley Cup rings. McKinnon, ooh, he's got a Stanley Cup ring. That Eichel guy, the guy that – I got drafted ahead of. He's got a Stanley Cup ring. Chris Dingman. I, I think Chris that, Dingman. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the Dinger. The Dinger's guy. I think Dinger has two. But he so does. I think what, what, <laughs> like, yes, he, he does. So I think what McDavid is like, you know what? I, I don't need any more awards to cement my status as the best in the world. I want a Stanley Cup. And what I know in the past, the way our, our team has played has not been good enough Come playoff time, we can have an 18-2 and two stretch at the end of the season last year. But when push came to shove, we played a team, Vegas, that was better as a team than we were at doing the little things. So I think this year, it's right now, it's like, I'm going to do whatever it takes and lead whichever way I need to lead because I want to hold that Stanley Cup. I am the captain. I want to take that Stanley Cup from Gary Bettman at the end of the season and put it above my head and tell everyone, I am the greatest. And I have just won the Holy Grail. So, yeah, 100%. He's playing the proper way, and he's leading. And if you're sitting on the bench, Struds, and your captain is blocking a shot or the first guy back or digging in the corner or throwing a big hit, it's really hard for any other player not to be doing it too. All right, let's get to our You Can Youth Services Relentless Player of the Game. If you're an employer looking to hire entry-level staff for your company, You Can Youth Services can help. They train youth in pre-employment skills to help get them ready. 
willing, and able to join your team, check out www.ucan.ca for more information. That's UCAN Youth Services, a fantastic local charity here in the Edmonton area that we are super proud to have as partners here on the podcast. I'm interested to see which way you're going to go with this, Drudz. I've got a sneaky choice, uh, but I'm interested what you're going to go with. I think you got to give to the guy that was the first star. I mean, uh, Fogel, he gets mm-hmm. two two goals. Um, he and he was his line was very effective, and it wasn't like he was just a passenger on the line. He was pushing, he was helping support uh, Kane and uh, uh, the big guy Leon. So I go with uh, Fogel. Who are you going to take? See, and I think that's fair. You're absolutely not wrong to go with him, but we're not always going to just go with the first star or the obvious choice or whatever. We maybe look to. And it's not like this guy's low key, but I thought Leon Drysaddle had a really good game tonight. I mean, at four points, that speaks for itself. Yeah. But as it was pointed out here on the stream, he was 13 and one in the faceoff circle. I thought he did a good job with his back tracks and his back checking. Um, I thought he paid a little more attention to details tonight. Uh, by his standards, I thought this was a really good overall game for Leon Drysaddle on a night where he pushed a ton of offense. I thought he was pretty relentless on some details that mattered. Brownie, who would you go with out of those two or someone else? I, I would have went with Leon. I, well, I mean, both are good choices. I would have went with Leon. I thought that was his best game of the year. I really did. He was skating tonight. And we talked about it on our show, 13-1 and one in the faceoff circle. That means when his line was out there, they were starting with the puck 93% of the time. Yeah. Uh, his line, that line was excellent tonight. They were excellent tonight. And I thought Leon led the charge. Can't go wrong with either of those choices for sure. Uh, Zuby, did I just see a shout out from across the globe on the uh, on the Got Your Back chat here on YouTube, the Wees Johnson chat? We got uh, Hong Kong in the house, Kirk Kenny, and we got uh, Corey in uh, Cote d'Ivoire, Africa, the Ivory Coast, West Africa. So yeah, wow. we're, we're very international and worldwide tonight. Unreal. Well, welcome wherever you're tuning welcome. in from. Absolutely thrilled to have you here. On our Got Your Back post-game pod stream. Uh, okay, when we come back, we're going to dig into a couple of other elements. Um, did you hear Evander Kane's comments post-game? I don't know. I'm going to put it in the notable category, Struds, but maybe even just a slight tick above notable. I'm not sure what's above notable. Uh, we'll dig into that, and I'm sure Oilers fans probably won't love that. We'll talk a little bit about uh, some of the calls and ticky-tack stuff that we saw tonight and your guys' thoughts on that. So plenty more to come here on the podcast. By the way, a reminder, Rob Brown's appearances on the podcast are brought to you by our great friends over at Kinprint. If you're a new company, see how Kinprint can help you with logo design and branding. Visit kinprint.ca. We spent a little bit of time there this week, Randine and I, designing the hats, picking them out. Here's what I can tell you about the Got Your Back hats, folks. We talked about the design. Strutty's looking for the sun visor. We did not want to go cheap with the hats. So if you are a fan of hats, we've got the, the Flex Fit 110s coming with the snapbacks. These are quality hats. We're not going cheap with them. So we're super excited, and hopefully we'll have them in a couple of weeks, but Kinprint is working with us on that. And, guys, I might have even taken a little bit of your advice on which designs we went with. Oh, I'm not going to give it away, nice. but Struds, you're going to feel heard. Is what I'll say. Now, now Shogger, don't take this the wrong way, but did they find a a beach uh, 
towel to cover your head? Like, how are they going to get the, the the size acquired? <laughs> Pierre LeBron and I have specialty items on order. They're what they're going to do is they're going to they're going to logo up a salad bowl for each of us, and uh, so that'll be our got your back. Here, lots to come ahead on the podcast, folks. Stay with us. Say goodbye to unruly hair and hello to a smooth and silky back in minutes with Backscape. Shave your back solo with no mess with Backscape's water-resistant long handle and patented six-blade design, leaving you with a no-mess shaving experience all in less than five minutes. Shop now for 40% off select kits just for you, our Got Your Back listeners, and make 2024 your year to elevate your grooming routine. Okay, heroes, are you trying to tough it out through a sports or life injury right now? Trying to prove your mettle by grinding through, gritting your teeth? Well, Redefined Health is here to say it's time to come on in. At Redefined Health, they'll high-five you for your toughness and then get to work on helping you fix the problem. Helping athletes and heroes find better balance, performance, and injury prevention, visit RedefinedHealth.com. Time to talk about your mortgage? It doesn't have to be a daunting conversation. With over 16 years in the industry, Maria Gallus with Maximal Mortgages knows how to make it easy. With access to dozens of different lenders, let Maria customize the perfect solution for you. Whether you're purchasing, refinancing or renewing or a first-time buyer, Maria's simplistic approach and expert advice will have you feeling confident you're in great hands making informed decisions. Take the stress out of your mortgage journey. Contact Maria Gallus at mortgagesbymaria.ca. That's mortgagesbymaria.ca. All right, time now for takeaways brought to you by our good friends over at Martin Motorsports. Experience the thrill of the Widescape stand-up snowmobile. Visit Martin Motorsports, West or South Edmonton today. And to book a test drive and start conquering the unknown. Look at this thing. Struds, we got to get out, buddy. Chris from Martin Motorsports has to give us a rip on one of those beauties. Compact design, unmatched agility, revolutionary machine designed for off-trail riding in deep snow. Stop by Martin Motorsports to check one out today. That looks like a pile of fun. But Struds... I feel like maybe that's not exactly up your alley, that kind of aggressive, outdoor, athletic-type endeavor. Zuby, can we call up the uh, – the? was it from Shona? Um, can we call up the – was it an Instagram post, I think, Struds? Yeah, here it Look is. Look at this. For those that are only listening, picked up a new hobby, too sexy. Knitting is the new poker. Jason Strudwick on the couch – knitting watching the game Struddy, what is going on buds yeah so i I, i'm into self-improvement i feel like i was stuck in a bit of a rut as far as uh like i am who i am right and i i I started you are you can't teach a new old dog new tricks and all that so i decided i'm gonna try to work on a few things so i i took up tennis a while ago uh and then this is the next thing the knitting and so I knit, I'll, I'll watch the game or I'll like, I'll watch a whatever football game. I'll knit away. I've got about uh 14 inches of a scarf, probably another 40 inches to go. Probably take me most of the season, but it's good. I, I don't know. I just thought I'd try something hey. new, change it up a bit. Brownie? Strutty, Strutty, tell, tell you what, you, you knit me a scarf and I will, your, I will wear your scarf for podcast. I, I want to wear a <laughs> Strutty scarf. 
Seriously, there's a lot of people. A lot of people want a scarf. It takes a long time. It's not. I'm not that fast. So, <laughs> Can you, you focus know, on the all... game? Like, it just seems like you got to do a lot of staring at your hands and paying attention. Like, how do you focus on the game? No, I, I kind of bit of a rhythm. I can do it, and then uh, if I feel there's a snag, I'll wait uh, till there's a break in the action, and I'll put it on. But yeah, I can, because I can. My mom's amazing knitter, knitress, a knitter. Uh, she's amazing. So she's been showing me how to do it. Seamstress? Would it be seamstress? No. I, what do you I think call someone who knits? A knitter. Zuby, get on that. What do you? What is that? I'm a knitter. So I would like knitter? to say I produce right. something for all of you, but it, it, most likely. We're going to get into a new decade by the time. But I, yeah. I'm getting faster. I am getting faster, guys. We do not have that kind of time. It's a knitter. It's nothing exciting. There's no cool, awesome term for it. You're a knitter. Okay. Good contribution. Thank you, Zuby. You are welcome. <laughs> nice and speedy there, bud. Quick on the draw there, bud. Uh, okay, guys, let's talk about... Uh, I. There was some real frustration about some of the calls tonight. And, you know, I was having a conversation in the press box with a couple of guys about, like, is it just me or this thing with McDavid when he's holding guys off, I feel like it's just this crisis for the refs to figure out what to do because he has this unbelievable way of making it look like, you know, guys are kind of draped all over him, but so often Strudzy, it's he's the one initiating the contact with his hand and holding the guy off. And so for officials, you're looking at this and I think about some of that stuff down behind the net, right? Fans were getting mad, just like they're going to get mad at me right now. There was a lot of ticky-tacky calls tonight. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking specifically about McDavid's ability to draw calls, and maybe there's some forward pass interference in there, Struds. What do you what do you think? I think he's an expert at it. As a member of a, the, the, the D-man group, I do have a problem with it because the second you place your hand on a forward, you get a call. You can't – I mean – an example would be Darnell Nurse today skating forward and grabbed that guy and pulled him back. Now, I know it wasn't defending, but Come it wasn't on, that pursuit was just of goofy. A, a bad call? No, no, goofy of him to do. Like, yeah, I agree. It is. It should have been a but dive, it, too. That, but like, but that's an example of it. So I'm, I'm going to reference the, I think it was, uh, was it Will Borgen? That, that one where he got the penalty. And Connor was pushing and holding him out. And he was trying to close the gap. I agree. That is frustrating. That should not happen. You should have to keep your hand on your stick because if I reach out and I try to push him the same way, you get the tap for the two. So I I understand I won't be popular, but I don't as as a D man, I do not like to see that happen, Brownie. Well, well, I agree. I've been saying this for about three years. Connor McDavid, the, the in the neutral zone when he's coming up the ice, he initiates contact every time. He will skate at the guy. He'll put his arm in front of the guy. And the defender, the only way to get back is to try and grab the arm, push it away so he can get in there. And then Connor will throw his head back. Now, I believe that this started when there a couple of years back where Connor wasn't getting any calls. He was leading the league and scoring, yet he was only drawing three penalties a year. So I think he (laughs) took it upon himself to say, hey, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. And the thing is, I could try that skating up and I could put my arm out, but I'm not strong enough to hold the defender off. And most guys aren't. The thing is, Connor's so strong physically and so strong a skater, he doesn't lose any speed while he's holding that guy off with his arm. Yeah. And that's why that Will Borgen was so mad tonight. He's like, he's grabbing me. Mm-hmm. I'm doing nothing. So, yeah, I, I can 100% understand. And 
as a fan, you see McDavid's head go back. You see his shoulder go back, and you're mad. The referee's like, okay, uh, McDavid's head goes back. He's the fastest guy. That guy's back checking. He's probably grabbing him. But it depends which referee. Some refs that have had them do a lot of games of Oilers games, they don't call it as often because they've seen it. But, yeah, there are times that McDavid will initiate and cause the problem. And Will Borgen, that was a great example tonight. Will Borgen was furious, and he had right to be. For sure. There were some ticky-tacky calls tonight, like the one on McDavid, you know, the one on Fogle at the end. There was some stuff. It wasn't great. We don't need to spend a ton of time talking about that, but I thought it was interesting the way the refs were clearly – you can see it. They're looking at it, and they're like, ah. And I totally understand because he does initiate a lot of that. He still draws a ton of penalties, and I think I think they get it right more often than they get it wrong. But it would be hard to ref that because McDavid has become so good at finding that fine line, and he knows how to make it look good. That's what, hey, man, you you take If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. And he's trying to do absolutely everything he can. Other thing I wanted to touch on here, guys, uh, we'll put it in the notable category. So Evander Kane spent a lot of time on, well, what we would call the third line, when Ryan McLeod, Moore, and Fogel and Leon Dreisaitl were together. And he had to be patient, right? The team was on a winning streak, not normally the ice time that he would get, for the most part, stayed pretty quiet about it. little comment, I think, in one of Specs' articles, but he was clearly trying to err on the side of not saying too much, right? Because the team is winning and you don't want to make it about yourself. Um, I asked him a question post-game tonight about his line, and the question was about why the line is working so well together, right? So it was looking for a comment from him on the chemistry, you know, the other guys, why it's working out or whatever. And, well, I mean, take a listen to his answer here. Your thought on the on the line between you, Leon, and Warren? There's a lot of size there, and kind of what you think is working. Just get an opportunity. <laughs> Three words, Struddy. Look, I'm not going to make a bigger deal of this than I think it deserves, but this is definitely in the notable category. Struds, what's what's your reaction to that? You know, I, I I'm sympathetic. I understand. But as a teammate, you'd be like, but we're just rattled off 12 in a row and you're making a comment about it. Now, I, I probably wouldn't say something to him, you know, now, but it, it's just like, buddy, are you kidding me? This is what's going on. Now, the other flip side of that is I like that he's pissed off because Kane plays sure. better when he's pissed. So I like that he's mad uh, about it. And I think tonight he wanted to prove to people that uh, he should be on that line rather on the third line, Brownie. Well, what I wouldn't like about it as a teammate is he's saying, well, I was playing with these two slugs here and I was getting 14, 15 minutes a night, but now I'm finally getting an opportunity because that, that, so what you're saying is the guys that you had before didn't give you an opportunity. So I, I don't like that. I don't, this is not the first about four or five times this year. He said something in comments after games. Now it's true. Playing with Leon has a better opportunity for offensive output than playing with Yanmark and Ryan. But if I'm Yanmark and Ryan and I see that comment, I'm not happy. I'm not. And especially when your team's just won 12 straight. So, no, I think that was inappropriate. True, but inappropriate. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like the way that Chris Knobloch has handled this too. I mean, I asked Knobloch about it after the game. I kind of said, I, I basically said, this is what we asked of Andrew Kane and this was his answer. What have you seen from Kane as a guy that had to be patient for a little bit and, and you know, what he's giving you now? Knobloch talked about his play now, Struds, 
but he didn't dig at all into the other stuff about the patients or his comment tonight or anything like that. I think he's been smart with the way he's handled this because he didn't capitulate. I mean, the player sat on the third line for quite a while. And Evander Kane's a guy that's he's going to make it known if he's feeling a little bit of frustration, right? He, that, that's the way he is. But the head coach didn't capitulate, waited till the opportunity made sense, gave it to him, and, and now it's worked out good. But I like the fact that he held the line there for a little while. You know, the new coach is dealing with one of the stronger personalities and louder personalities on the team. And he, he, it's, it's been shown that he's going to do what he thinks best for the team. And I give him credit. You know, and I think the other guys in the dressing room are probably, they look up and think, okay, are they, they going to put him on there? going to put him on there? And he waited till the time was right for him and for the team to do it. So I give him a ton of credit for the way he's handled it. And I think it's perhaps something we can look ahead to when other situations arise about how he's going to handle those times. Mm -hmm. Zuby, can you get the video well, again I from the Oilers walking down the tunnel? Because a few people here are pointing out on the stream that Kane looked like he had a pretty good limp. And I think part of the storyline with Evander Kane over the last month or two, guys, is he hasn't been practicing a lot, and there's a sense that he, he's been working through some injury for sure. And I, I think we've seen that in his game, no question. Um, but, yeah, a few people, yeah. There he is right there. Oh, yeah, look, big time looking like he's limping there. Um but in fairness to him, I think part of the story, uh, Brownie, is that he has been working through something. Yeah, probably. I mean, that's the thing is no one comes out and say what, what's injured because you don't want anyone in the opposition to know. And just a little bit point on what Strutty talked about and you talked about with Knobloch holding the line. Two things that he has an advantage of Knobloch. One, you just fired the coach. So right now I can do whatever I want as a coach because nothing's <laughs> going to happen to me. Oh, yeah. And two yeah, – and two, we're 20 and three in our last 23 games. It's worked. So I, I'm going to do what I believe is best. And I've got the win-loss record and the fact that I got new beside my head coach name that I can do those things. Everything that he's done so far, Chris Knobloch, has worked out. Whether it's goalie rotation, it's in-game adjustments, it's splitting up Connor and Leon. All of the things he's done has turned to gold right now. So he does have a bit of a magic touch. And uh, right now, Evander Kane has got to take advantage of his opportunity. Uh, tonight, I thought he had parts of his game were good tonight, but mm -hmm. still a couple forcing things that don't need to be there. And that's the one thing the Oilers are trying to get away from and have for the most part. I think he has to continue to work at being part of the, uh, the solution that the Oilers have found to their problems from earlier in the season. I want to give the fans a chance to chime in on this conversation a little bit because I think maybe sometimes they think that as reporters we're trying to stir things up or cause problems, which absolutely is not the case. I just asked him a question tonight about his line, but fans have a few things to say here. 63 Bulge says, Kaner, come on. Um, Shane Matheson says, or no, that wasn't that one. Penner's Pancake says, I think Kane does that to give Spec something to write about. John Heru <laughs> says, I love Kane with a chip on his shoulder, though. Uh, Fyro Genasius says, I agree. I think he's screwing with the press because he knows it riles you all up. Kirk Kenny says, Kane is smart and articulate. His comments could also be read as the line is getting opportunity. And I think C. Clark said, classic example of a reporter trying to stir it up. Uh, I don't know, guys. I, it certainly wasn't my intention. I asked a pretty plain question, and he said what he had to say. So it's not me trying to stir it up, but Strud's, 
I don't think he'd be doing it to mess with the media. I don't think you risk coming off sounding a little bit selfish by nature just to mess with the media. I don't think that's where it's coming from at all. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think Kane is very polished and very wise with how he uses the media. I, I really think, For sure. I, I think he's very, he's been around, he understands how the game works with the media. So the idea of messing with the media, I'm not sure that's that's going quite a bit past what you're trying to say. Or it just, it just can get quite complicated and it can yeah. get a little bit messy. So I don't think he would go down that road, but then I don't know him that well. I've, you know, I played against him and talked to him a handful of times, but um, you know, either way, I think that he's on the line he wants to be. And if he, if he wants to continue to be there, he has to keep, you know, working towards that and getting it because he is better. The orders are better when he's on that line. I, when he's playing well, when he's playing well, because that right now is three massive bodies and I don't need them so much going off the rush, although they did. I like it when they're ground and pounding, top of the circle down. That is a heavy playoff mm -hmm. line that you don't want to play against for seven games. Chris Formazano says, why are you so pissy? I think he's asking me that. So uh, we'll look. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bag says, you're getting played. So some think that he's playing games with us. Anyways, bottom line, guys, this stuff you go through with Evander Kane, the odd comment here and there, file it in the whatever category because what they need is playoff Evander Kane. So they need to make sure this player gets enough rest that he's healthy for the playoffs because that is where this player has a chance to absolutely shine. And Brownie, you got to put up with maybe a little bit, a little bit of stuff here and there along the way through an 82 game season. That fair? Uh, yeah, I still do. I, I still, if I'm a teammate, I'm not happy with it, but the Oilers are a better team when Evander Kane is playing well. They brought him in here to be a playoff hockey player. Yeah. Uh, I said that he will be playing with Leon Dreisaitl. That's the line they want. Uh, he's effective. Uh, he's big. He's strong. We saw the other night in the game against the Leafs. They pulled McDavid away. They put Leon Dreisaitl's line out there. And as Strud said, a ground and pound, if, if you got three big bodies in the offensive zone working over the other team's best players and they're stuck in their own zone for 30, 40 seconds, you're in a very effective line. So I hope Kane keeps pushing forward. <laughs> with this line because this line the Oilers are better when Kane is playing better completely agree uh Brownie great job tonight thanks buddy you've been uh, parked outside your neighbor's house for a good 10-15 minutes here anybody calling the cops uh well no but they I got binoculars now just because it's easier to see in the houses so a lot of them are <laughs> waving to me but you guys have a wonderful night guys <laughs> see you night, pal. buddy all right, when Struds and I come back, we will take a lap. Still ahead, Struddy's world, and ask us anything. We'll hop in, uh, take some of your questions on the stream. Stay with us. Long Shots Golf is the destination for both golf enthusiasts and sports fans. Top-of-the-line trackman simulators provide a highly entertaining and accurate golf experience, while a full-service sports bar loaded with big screens and scratch kitchen make it a truly unique destination. They have locations in Sherwood Park and Edmonton. Experience the best indoor golf and sports bar in town. Visit longshots.ca. That's longshots with a z.ca. The Edmonton Sport and Social Club spring season is set to go in May and registration is just around the corner. Team up with your pals to play in slow pitch, beach volleyball, outdoor soccer, ultimate frisbee, and even cornhole leagues to keep the spring months full of excitement. Spring leagues begin in May. Registration opens on February 8th. 
Visit edmontonsportsclub.com for more details. Are you ready to elevate your moving experience? Trusted for over 100 years, Ferguson Moving and Storage are your partners in relocation, ensuring your journey is smooth and stress-free. And say goodbye to surprises with Ferguson's transparent flat rate pricing. Contact them now for a free moving quote and use the promo code FERGUSON to receive $100 off your next move. Visit fergusonmoving.com and let them lift your expectations. All right, time to take a lap brought to you by Backscape, the product that is taking the online world by storm right now. I'm seeing it absolutely everywhere. That's because it's a great product and it works. Get rid of unwanted back hair by yourself with Backscape. Water-resistant, rechargeable shaver, long handle, lets you take care of business on your own, right? The wife or the girlfriend might be willing to do it for you. They don't really want to, so this is a great solution. Biggest sale of the year right now, 30 to 50% off. Visit Backscape.com. That's B-A-K-Scape.com. Choose from a variety of packages delivered right to your door. Backscape, stay smooth, gentlemen. Struddy, let's go to Minnesota. Minnesota is the team that uh, changed their, their coach, got a bit of a bump there, and now they've kind of been falling off, and they're, they're, they're falling down the uh, standings. They got some bad news today, and I think this was unexpected. Not unexpected. Uh, their captain, Jared Spurgeon, is going to have two surgeries, uh, one tomorrow and then one in about a month, or sorry, one this week and then one about a month, and he's out for the rest of the season. Now, mm. to be fair, he hasn't really been a huge part of it. He's only played 16 or so games out of the, the 40-odd games they've played. Um, so basically here's a team that's going the wrong direction. Not only that, they're now not getting any support from their captain, their best player, well, one of their best players, if not their best, for sure, the best defenseman, most steady, but it's interesting because now what does that do for some of their potential trade? Guys yeah. I was just going to say, you know, where yeah. other fans are going in their head, like, who's it going to be? That's right. So I think this is a team that I, I would have a hard time envisioning rebounding into a playoff spot. And I think we're going to see them going down. So I, I, you're looking at Marc-Andre Fleury. You're looking at Maroon. Or another interesting guy is uh, Duheim. Uh, he's mm-hmm. also UFA. Not a huge ticket. Plays a pretty rugged game. Yeah, Brandon um, Duheim. Yeah, so something yep. to look at there and for other fans to kind of monitor over the next, uh, how far are we are from the trade deadline? Mm-hmm. Another couple months. Yeah, got March some time. But I think, anyways, I believe that our team is going to not rebound and they're going down, Shogger. Let's talk about Corey Perry right now. Um, and let's, listen, looking into it, I'm sure. Due diligence, I'm sure. We've talked about it on the show. Don't know if Canada will be his choice. Um, and we've seen the Oilers kind of wade into these waters before, right? Players who at one time or another face different issues. And, uh, you know, sometimes there's opportunity there. They did it with Evander Kane and it worked out really well. Um, I would put their decision to bring in Jake Vertanen as a similar situation where there oh, maybe some controversy around a player and they say there might be opportunity here and so they bring a guy in Corey Perry this might be a similar situation uh, and we'll see where it goes Struds but to me Pat Maroon still checks a lot of those boxes buddy the Stanley Cup pedigree the familiarity the size he's got that playoff experience I know he's not the fleetest of foot but if you don't have too many guys that skate like that I I still think he's a possibility you he might be and the price is really fair and yeah. so that the challenge for the owners is going to be figuring out how much, how many assets they want to send out and then how they're going to make this money work. That, that is, 
it's going to be the ultimate. Now, that's why uh, Corey, like, I keep saying it. If Holloway can come up and become a regular, and if you do get a player, well, not a player, if you get Corey Perry, the acquisition costs for both those are zero, and the, the money will be low. And that makes a, that that's a big difference. So then that bolsters your bottom six or middle six, wherever you want to call it. And now you can go and make other trades for maybe something that is a little bit bigger game hunting like we saw. With yeah, that 100%. And we'll get a little more into some trade stuff. I see some stuff coming in on the stream and ask us anything. So, Zuby, we can grab one or two of those. Struddy, where to next, my man? Well, they just left Edmonton, but the Leafs went down to Calgary and they got uh, two points out of uh, there. And I, and I, 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 are you going to say nice stuff here? Are you going to try and make up with Leaf Nation I, here? Is that what's I, happening? I often attack the Leafs fans, but I do like the Leafs team. And I, I, I do think it's important for them to be strong, for the NHL to be strong. And, uh, you know, they, they, big, big night, their big guys came to play Austin Matthews, four points, a hat trick. Yeah. You uh, see between really the well. legs on that first goal? Yeah. He took the pass between the legs and yeah. sniped. He, he, He's, he, you know, and and those guys are taking a little bit of heat after the game here in Edmonton. Um, you know, but the best players, they may not be the best players all the time, although they had a pretty nice goal there, Matthews did. But tonight, those two guys went out, got it done. They got two points. And in a weird way, it kind of indirectly helps the Oilers, you know, because now the Flames, who they play on Saturday, didn't get the two points. The Oilers, they were to play, you know, get points more clear of them. Mm -hmm. Depending on the outcome of Saturday, it could really be important. So anyways... Uh, good, good for the Leafs to get it done. And you know, if you're an Oilers fan tonight, you were cheering for the Leafs. I'm glad that the Flames turned it a little bit here recently, even though they didn't win this one, but they've turned it a bit here recently. And there'll be some meat on the bone for this Battle of Alberta coming up. I, I'm really looking forward to the game on Saturday, and I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be a ton of fun. That was taking a lap brought to you by our good friends over at Backscape. When we come back, Strutty's World and Ask Us Anything. Very short break. When you make a mistake, heads should roll. It's not right. And I'm here. Someone has to put their foot down. Now that I say it out loud, it does sound a little crazy. God, I look good. <laughs> Winter is upon us, so why not make the best of it? Marmot Basin Ski Resort is where it's at. Ski half price every day, no blackout periods. Pick up your escape card for 99 bucks and make winter fun more affordable. Half the price, all the powder. Get yours at www.skimarmot.com. If you own or operate a business, you know the value of a great employee. Just ask Shogger. Pathfind is here to help you find your next star player to help take your business to the next level. Pathfind can help with recruitment, career transition, leadership coaching. They truly have your whole team covered. Building you a championship caliber roster, find your team's path forward at pathfind.ca. Zuby. Zuby. Hello. <laughs> uh, we love you, buddy. We love you. Just the, the wrong button there. Just a little, little. Nope. Forgot to when I added it. It was in the um, it was in the miscellaneous pile when I found out oh. it was going to be in seg three. I added it to commercial break three, and I forgot to just uh, didn't reset the cursor. Just a little thing. There's so Ooh. many little things. Mm. So Good many little cursors. 
I didn't Cursed understand it. any of that nerd speak, but yeah. <laughs> Bottom line is, it wasn't my fault. No, it wasn't my fault. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing with you. Love you, pal. Time now for Strutty's World, brought to you by DLR Vinyl Products, locations in Calgary and in Edmonton. Whether you're a homeowner, contractor, builder, DLR is the most reliable source for vinyl fence. They opened back in 2005. I remember when Dad got the business going. Started it basically on his own, was grinding. And then two weeks before the doors opened, Strutty had a, uh, had a minor heart attack. And he was okay, but it was a tough one. And then that's when my brother Rob stepped in. And uh, joined the business, helped him get the doors open. A few years later, my brother Rick joined the business as well. And it's been a fantastic family company uh, ever since then. Unmatched service, high-quality North American-made products. Visit dlrvinylproducts.ca. My family company. Love having them part of the podcast. Struds, what are we doing, bud? Are we going serious? Are we going goofy? Are we going to... Is it playtime? Where are we going? Uh, we're going serious. I've got some good ones lined up, though, for non-serious uh, ones. Ooh, uh, Sunday night, baby. Sunday night pod. Yeah, there's some good ones. And uh, something happened this week. I, I got it off my chest. But this is a oh, serious one. I don't want to wait. Okay. The LA Kings came out on fire this year. They're really rolling. The new coach, or not the new coach, they're Todd McClellan, their coach, is doing really well. Uh, you know, even though Pierre-Luc Dubois wasn't exactly killing it, they were making it happen. Well, in the last 11 games, they've gone one, six, and four. That's not very good. And in that time, we know that the Oilers have rattled off 12 wins in a row. So Oilers have, have made up tons of points on this team. So Rod Blake, the GM of the team, was uh, spoke today to the media and said that Todd McClellan is safe. Now, Todd is signed for one more year after this year. And he said that, you know, they had to find internal solutions. Because just like the Oilers, they're up against the cap. Uh, you know, they do have Victor Arvidsson at some point will hopefully come back from uh, an injury. Uh, that he hasn't played all year. But this team is struggling to score. Tonight they lose 2-1. Uh, they had a ton of shots. They didn't score, obviously. But it's interesting to watch how a team like the Vegas and Kings took off. They look like world beaters. Have now come back to earth and orders have gone back up. But it does sound like it, the coach is safe for now, um, which I understand because they are well coached. But part of the coaching is also creating scoring. And right now they're not scoring like they need to, to win, Shogger. 2-1 and lose to Nashville, you got to find some more goals. Yeah, completely agree with you. I found it interesting that it got hot enough that that had to be said. Mm -hmm. I would assume, like, I, they were really good early in the year. And when you come out and you play well, and in your first 20 games you win 13 or 14 of them, and you have points in 15 or 16 of them, and you get out to the start they got out to, I feel like you've earned... Not necessarily as bad a streak as this is, but it just felt early for me to that for that to be the conversation. Like Todd McClellan coaches that team well, and he's part of the reason why they you know they play the style that they play and they find success with that. So I was surprised at the idea that that was something that needed to be articulated. That's a good point. If if you zoom back and just say, okay, look where we are halfway through the year, we're yeah. ten games above five hundred. It's not yeah. bad. It's not bad. And and like, but where I was think the credit the, that he earned. That's right. That, but you know? I think it's where they were, and now where they are, they find themselves in a wild card spot. But again, you got to look at it and say, okay, guys, we we are ten games above five hundred. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good. So there, I, I I believe in this team. I like the Kings. I really like the Kings. I like the way Todd coaches. I like the way the guys play. I like their centers. Um, their D. You know, there's. I'm a little bit worried about the goaltending. 
and just because of the age and maybe the wear and tear. But I like this team, and I do think they're going to be a hard out in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. Again, a little, little surprising that that uh, cool that, that was said today the way that it was. Uh, and Dubois, too, uh, on the Ray and Dregs Hockey Podcast, which we taped yesterday, I think Ray went off pretty good on Dubois and just how he's looking for the easy game out there right now. I mean, they traded a lot for that player. Yeah. He needs to play well for that team to be able to compete. And he's important. And he, for a guy that has that skill set, Strudzy, probably takes a few too many nights off. He does. And we've seen him be a bull. And when he's oh, playing yeah. hard, and I go back to when Columbus beat Tampa Bay uh, in the playoffs, this is a number of years back, but he was an absolute war horse, just tearing that, tearing that group apart. But he does like to play on the edge. He's a big body. He's got to play hard and direct game and, and, and still be skilled, but be heavy and hard. And when he doesn't, he's un, he's not noticeable. And that's not ideal when he's sitting at where he is in the salary. Yeah, 100%. All right, that was Strutty's World, brought to you by DLR Vinyl Products. Uh, Zuby, my computer went a little wonky on me here, and the stream stopped, at least on my computer. But are we still up and running, everything normal for Ask Us Anything? YouTube says, quote, and I quote, excellent connection. So Okay, looks good. Like so I just... There. Apparently, I don't have that excellent connection, so I'm not going to be able to help out here with Ask Us Anything, but let's hop in and listen to what people are saying. It's brought to you by the Shark of the Park, Reed <coughs> Clan of Maxwell Devonshire Realty. Voted the number one individual agent for two years in a row, and you'll see why when you see her commitment to providing her clients with professional services, skilled negotiation, and knowledge of Sherwood Park. Edmonton and surrounding areas are all her specialty as well as the park. Call Rini, 780-994-0180. Where do you want to start? Because I kind of got, I got, I got kind of some topics. Do you want to talk about tonight's game, trade stuff, pulling back the curtain a little bit? Where, where do you guys yeah. want to go first? You know what? I'm not going to micromanage here, Zuby. What will happen? I'm going to leave this up to you. But if I don't like it, then I'll complain. So. Okay. <laughs> I, I have to start off with, uh, I'm a big Seinfeld guy and so is Strudz. And so I'm going to, I'm jumping someone to the front of the line for a very good Seinfeld reference chirp. Um, freezer bag said, does Ryan live next door to a Kenny Rogers roasters? That's a, that is a very good for the lighting you got going on right now. That is a very right. good Seinfeld it means reference. Not, it, uh, I don't get that, but okay. I'll assume that it was a we good know. one since you, <clears throat> since you led with it. Yeah. Okay, let's let's talk a little bit about tonight's game. Um, Patrick Lowe said Yamo going offside uh, that turned out to be a big play. Um, is that his fault or just an unfortunate play? And what did you guys think about sort of the effect that that uh, goal being called back had on the game? I think it was his fault. You have to recognize where the bench is um, relative to the blue line and to what your group's trying to do. You have to. I, I, he would have been better off jumping over the boards uh, on or waiting. To and or taking a look back, or someone on the bench shouldn't be communicating them. That's a preventable uh, offside that costs them a, a pretty important goal. Mm -hmm. uh, Ninety-seven octane hockey wants to know: Are you guys a little surprised that that charge from Gord held up as a major when they reviewed it? I'm not. You know, they they set the precedent earlier in the game when Larson hit. Uh, who did he hit there? I don't remember. He was it? Yeah. I got it here. So it was a penalty, it. right? Yeah, it was uh, a penalty. And then when Connor uh, got his, it was the same thing. He he hit the guy a bit high. And then you fast forward to the end. Hamlin. He didn't stop skating. 
Who's it? He hit Hamlin. Hamlin. Yeah, right. Hamlin. That's right. Yeah. And um, but and then the game, he ran him hard. And also the refs got a feeling of what was going on. There was there was some retribution going on out there. He's looking for some blood and he got it. Um, so I like that. I really like that call. Uh, and I'm glad that it was upheld at the same time. The only thing I will say about that is I reminded everybody in the media room tonight. I was that guy. I said, when you're writing about that hit, remember everybody. A player doesn't leave his feet. His feet leave the ice. <laughs> so my hope is tomorrow, and I'll be scanning all of the articles, that nobody makes that grammatical error in their copy tomorrow. And credit to Shane, you know, uh, contributor Shane Matheson. He brought that up very – that was like in the chat before we even started. Yeah, he mentioned that. He said Gord left his feet, LOL. Thomas um, M. chimed in Zuby with a good nickname for Struddy, Jason Strudnit. Which yeah, I was I don't mind that that I was good. That. And Dan Jay also said a, a knitter may also be known as a nitwit. <laughs> so that was good, another good, good, good. Another good chirp in the um last one on tonight's game. Uh Davin said, How about that crowd when Connor Brown took a shot at the empty net? I love that. They oh. want him to score so bad. A few people kind of made that comment. That that's pretty cool because you could have I mean there are the teams rolling right now, but you could have the the opposite sentiment from the crowd as well, right? Oh yeah, if he had, if they're losing, you know, if they had three wins the last twelve, they'd be, they'd be going after him. But I, I would have liked to see him skate a little bit further and try to get around that guy because that was an almost an impossible shot. There was a player right between him and the net. Okay, let's uh, let's pull the curtain back a little bit. ADN uh, said, "This is for you, Shogger. Ask me anything for Shogger. As a reporter who mainly covers one team, how do you not become a fan of that team? I couldn't imagine watching the Oilers mm. and not rooting for them." Yeah, good question. Um, so full disclosure, I grew up a monstrous Oiler fan. Like I I cried when Steve Smith scored on himself. Like I, <laughs> I I was a huge Oiler fan when I was a kid. I was pajama boy. Um, but yeah, it's just it's part of it's part of the job where you know you go to school and they teach you some of the principles and the values of of being a journalist. And part of that is you gotta set all that stuff aside. So um yeah, it's just part of the deal you make when you take the job that that I took, which was you can't you can't be a fan, you can't cheer, and so you set that aside. You focus on the story. It's hard to be the guy that's in there, like you know, asking questions the players don't like or the management doesn't like, and criticizing and all that. It's hard to do that the right way if you're a fan, Struds. So I just I used to be, and you know, you just kind of have to set that stuff aside, I guess. To to do what I do anyway is a little different for you, Struddy. You're alumni, man. You're allowed to have that piece of your heart yeah. still belong to them. Yeah, you know what I, I do? And I I, I think I, mine, I'll, I'll, this is where I come from. It, it, I know how hard the people, a player works to get to the NHL mm -hmm. and then to try to be truly elite as far as a player than winning a Stanley Cup. So I want good things for the team because I know how hard they're working. And I, you know, I, I all the teams I play for, I'd kind of feel that way. Um, but for the Oilers, I definitely, I would love to see them have the success they want and they've worked for because it's been, you know, for a lot of those guys, they've yeah. been here a long time. So that is like when they, they playing well, I'm happy for them. And I, I, I guess I cheer, like I, I'll go to the games. I get, I get caught up in kind of that feeling of the, the energy in the building and all that. I, but I wouldn't say that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm face painting, but I, I just, <laughs> I want them to do well. I do, I do, I, I want them to, to win and, and, and unselfishly for the city. You know, I want Edmonton to get a yep. winner.
we we deserve that as a city and i and i feel that like I, this is yeah. my home and it has been for decades right. so i i hope that for oiler fans they get to experience that because it'll be amazing for them so but it doesn't affect the way i'm going to do my job but i have sure. that hope and you cheer for you know you, you want good things to happen to good people and so there are some people in that room that i i really like and respect and i think hey that'd be great for them but it's pretty legit, man. You can ask my family, Struts. Like, there is zero, absolutely zero cheering, and there never has been. Like, Oilers lost Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final, and it was just – you just watch the game and you do your job, and it's – I'm pretty black and white about that. It's just not part of my makeup yeah. to do – and maybe right, wrong, whatever. It's just, just the way I do it. But thank you for that question. Zuby, a couple more, and we'll wrap it up. Someone had, I wanted to add this in. I forget who it was. This came up a few shows ago and I didn't get to it, but someone did ask, how did they decide after the game who's coming out for media availability? Because it seems like the kind of thing with Evander Kane tonight that's like, well, why send him out? If he doesn't really, if he's, if he's, if that's the attitude he's going to come out with and he's going to be short and kind of smug, and that's maybe just who he is, but why, why bother sending him out there? So how do they decide that, Ryan? Yeah, well, we put in requests as media. So after the game is over, we'll be gathered, the media, like we'll come down from the press box right towards the end of the game. We'll have a chat and say, who would we like to request for the group tonight? And as a media group, we'll come up with our list. We then submit that. We send a tag. We got a big group text. We send that into Jamie Cartmel and the Oilers PR staff. Then what happens is Jamie will write it on the board. So when you walk into the Euler room, they've got that giant whiteboard that's there at the front. It's a video screen, and there are numbers written on the video screen. That's the indicator to the players that they've been requested. So that's kind of the functionality of it, we ask. Um, tonight, uh, Kane, I think, was at his three points or, or whatever it was. Uh, we thought the line had played well. We talked about, well, maybe we get Leon Dreisaitl instead. And then we thought, well, we just talked to Dreisaitl a day or two ago. So we'll give him a pass tonight. We'll give him a break because they don't love doing it. Let's get Evander Kane and Warren Fogle to talk about that line. And then we wanted Matthias Ekholm to talk about the hit that Yanni Gord put on him. So as a media group, we just kind of work our way through the, the logic and then we put our request in. They don't know how Kane's going to be when he comes out. And, and bottom line, if he played in the game and re-request him, they have to make him available. And the orders are always really good with that. Okay. Okay. A couple quick ones on the on some of the trade talk that was coming up here. Um, let's talk about Flurry really quickly. Um, Strads, you mentioned him and taking a lap, but we didn't go too deep on that. Do you think from what the things he's kind of said lately that the Oilers situation he might be accepting to it? If the let's say the situation was come and lighten the load for Stu for the for the last bit of the season and we want you to play every third game but but unless something goes off the rails Skinner's the starter when we hit game 83 do you, do you think that would appeal like, to him yeah so he seems like a reasonable guy i mean and he knows where he's at in his career i guess if he's going to get traded he's going to be traded somewhere he thinks he can the team can win you know and i i i, I have a hard time seeing a team that's going to put him in the starting position um you know, like if he's going to go to the Leafs, is that a really a team that's going to win with him there? Maybe, but I, it's not like there's a lock that of a team that needs a goalie I, that I can see that's going to win a Stanley Cup shogger. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would agree. I, the trade thing, like, I want to dig in a little bit more on the trade front here on the Oilers, too, because there was a lot of chatter about that on the stream, Zuby. And Struds, you made the point earlier that kind of triggered in my head. Like when we have a discussion about the Euler needs, which is what I'll bring this back around to, 
you got to remember, Philip Broberg's playing some big minutes down there, and he's apparently he's playing really well. Dylan Holloway's starting to, you know, he's put up some points. He's played well. Jack Campbell's save percentage is even slowly starting to creep up, mm-hmm. and you got and you got Rodrigue doing what he's doing. So I wonder as the Oilers look towards the trade deadline if they look internally and think, yeah, let's let this continue to marinate because those guys could put a dent in their to do list struds with how they're playing in the minors. Well, it's huge. It's absolutely huge. They need depth on D. So I'm convinced that Broberg doesn't get traded. He, Kulak will in the offseason, and Broberg will take his spot. Now, Vinny Darnay is playing himself into a situation where I wonder what his next contract looks like. <laughs> and that's a conversation for another night. Um, but, you know, Holloway would be a huge addition to that middle six or whatever, the bottom nine, let's call it. Um, and, they, you know, if Perry is, that's another huge addition. And that solves a lot of stuff without any expenditures of assets. Mm-hmm. Then you can maybe say it can be very targeted. We want to add this, this golden piece. And I think that is where things get a little, little interesting. If they don't add Flurry or, or someone of that, I do think they'll find another goalie. Because I, I think like Vegas last year, you want to have a ton. And you went through the four goalies. If you have a fifth, I think you're probably feeling pretty decent about it. Uh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Is that it, Zuby? Or we got kind, well, you guys kind of, uh, you kind of answered kind of the next two I was going to get into about Kulak, and I guess, I guess just the the thing about Holloway and Perry. So Shane Matheson said, if you did add Holloway and Perry, you're you're done for four. Would you agree with that? Then it'd be like, yeah, okay, we're we're good for forwards, and we didn't have to put anything out the door. Would you agree with that? Or you still look for one more guy, a Pat Maroon, a, a somebody else like that? Yeah, I mean, I'll still ask the question, Strads, like who's the fourth line center game one of the playoffs? Me too. I, I'm looking. I If those two guys come in, I, then I'm like, I'm just seeing what's out there and what is a good yeah. deal. I, I'm out there. Okay, what do I need? It If someone falls in your lap, you're like, yeah, we'll take them. I'm not interested in a first round rental. Uh, that is not that is not where I'm going. But I, if, if those two guys fall in your lap, you're pretty deep up front because remember, you still have Ernie, still have Gagne, still have... Still have Hamlin, all these guys, Lavoie, all these guys. There's a lot of depth, but it doesn't mean you're still not trying to add up there. They're trading uh, that pick, aren't they? They're they trading are. that pick. Like if, uh, wow, I don't I, know, buddy. If you don't make a Stanley Cup final, if you're the Edmonton yeah. Oilers right now and you're making no. a first round pick next year, what, no, what were I you doing? I, I understand, but I'm not trading it for a rental. I, I'm not. That's I'm not Fair doing enough. that. I'm like not, the Ekholm deal. Making that trade. Yep, good point by you. All right, that was Ask Us Anything, brought to you by Rini Buclan, the shark of the park, as we wrap up the podcast tonight. We got a number of things that should be the gem of the night. I love the Oilers' walk down the hallway. Everything to do with Pride Night tonight I thought was fantastic. So that gets a a tip of the cap for sure. Struddy and the knitting thing, that gets a tip of the cap for sure. (laughs) But honestly, Strud's, you tell me, was there anything better tonight than Warren Fogle going up to the referee and being like, what do you do? I'm trying to get the hat trick. That was yeah. a classic moment tonight that I loved. Uh, it's fantastic. And I, I wonder the next time that he and the ref meet up, if the ref doesn't say, hey, man, I owe you one. Yeah. All right. That'll wrap it. Oilers, an even dozen their win streak is at, looking to make it 13 on the weekend against the Calgary Flames. Are we doing a post-game pod, Struds? Are you around for that one? I believe so. We, uh, that's the plan, isn't it? Or yeah, you tell yeah, me. I think, yep, yeah, we're going to drop a post game pod. I think we're going to have one Saturday and one on Sunday. So nice. we got tons of podcasts coming your way over the next couple of days. So thanks for your downloads, your subs. Thanks for joining us live. And a huge thanks to our title sponsor, Sherwood Buick GMC. Have a great finish to your night or a great rest of your day if you're listening uh, in podcast form the following day. 
and we'll talk after the Battle of Alberta. Cheers, everybody.